Hello and welcome to this episode of Film Seizure. I'm Jeff Arbuckle, joined as always by my uh, cohorts, my 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 fellow psychos, Jason Oliver. Jason, how's it going? Um, feeling a little mad. Feeling a little mad. A little mad. A little mad. Yeah. Um, you know why don't you just go away? You know, get away from Every, this. Everyone goes a little mad sometimes, Jason. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Chuck, for being so supportive. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Chuck. Chuck, how are you doing? I'm I, honestly great. I'm great. Okay. Okay. Uh, how's mother doing? Is, is mother still hanging out in the window? Yeah, she's... Uh... I'm, yes, she's in the window. <laughs> With nothing clever to say there. Yeah. Um, anybody move their mom to the fruit cellar recently? <laughs> we got rid of our fruit cellar. Yeah. Yeah. We well, weren't using it enough. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. So, uh, yeah. So this week we are diving into Alfred Hitchcock for the uh, very first time. Eventually, we'll probably do a lot of of alfred hitchcock business but uh this is our first uh first uh foray into this so that's kind uh, of surprising yeah i yeah I, we've always wanted to do I mean, we've always wanted to do hitchcock but um you know we just hadn't gotten to it yet just hadn't gotten there yet and never never wanted to do hitchcock I'm never? joking. You no, never, you never, ever wanted to. Never, never once. <laughs> all right, I'm back. Sorry, I had to switch internet there. No, that's all right. That's all right. I was just saying that uh, we were talking about Psycho. This is our first foray into the world of Hitchcock, the Hitchcockian yeah, uh, filmography. You, you, you picked this one. What made you? What made you choose Psycho? Well, I figured at some point we're probably going to do a bunch of Hitchcock, and we might as well go ahead and like take this one off the table because it's so easy to to like for it to take a spot in a month and it's one that we won't probably have wanted to talk about for a while okay okay um and i figured you know what you know i was kind of you know thinking about like because because we've also at the end of this month uh we're gonna have episode number 250 and that's gonna be you know i was trying to figure out it's like well, what are some things that we can kind of help build up to it you know, what was some some kind of uh, interesting or fun conversations that we can have to build up to our 250th extravaganza? <laughs> and I thought, you know, Psycho will probably, uh, you know, probably probably have a nice little conversation around it. And uh, and and to be honest with you, and this was kind of one of the things that I was, I'll just go ahead and launch into it, I guess. Um, you know, doing Monster Mondays, I, you know, I get to see a lot of like thrillers or horror or monster movies or whatever. Right. And it gets me thinking about like the history of horror. And yeah. I, I would say that Psycho is right in the middle of a timeline that consists of five of the most important horror movies. Ooh, five um, of the most important, huh? Yeah, and the first one I think is you know the, on the earliest one on the timeline is the original Nosferatu. It turned horror into art on okay. film, and <clears throat> that, I mean, I mean, it's also just one of the first. 
you know? Well, sure, sure. But I mean, like, you know, even earlier than that, there were shorts that were like a Frankenstein movie or something that was done. Um, Edison did a, a Frankenstein movie. Um, but it was, uh, but it, it took something that was kind of awful and made it pretty to look at. Yeah. And, um, you know, and of course, it also, Edison's a lot of Frankenstein those... was only like, was that only like, yeah, it was like off. 15 yeah. minutes or something. Yeah, yeah, it was a short film. But um, but it also, like, between that and Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and stuff like that, was, you know, very influential to American films, and particularly American horror. So the next stop on my, on my timeline is the kind of one-two punch of Dracula and Frankenstein. Okay. Um, because that created the horror genre for decades after that the gothic horror the you know the the universal classics which you know i mean there there's a whole other argument that can be made that psycho technically belongs in that um even though it would be uh it would be it would be put into it in retrospect because universal picked up the distribution rights for it from paramount <clears throat> yeah but yeah, that's a yeah. that's a that's a that's a getting into the weeds i don't feel like getting into <laughs> well that's uh the whole production around psycho is an interesting story in and of itself. right but but uh but yeah but i mean like you know i mean the 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 universal classics i mean some people say it ended in the mid 50s some people said it ended in 60 61 somewhere around there um but the next big one is jaws because that is horror in a different way that was so that proliferated every single person in the mid 70s saw jaws in the theater you know it seemed like so i mean it was a big deal um and it it, it showed that you can you can have some some different ways of 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 approaching horror um and then the the more the 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 end of that is halloween just because of the subgenre that it created that even though there's been a brief period of time where there weren't slasher movies it's still going today and people are still trying to be the next halloween um but psycho uh psycho right in the middle of that timeline um is uh you know kind of the first to explore some ed gein business and some you know and some of that that mid-century real life true crime stuff and and kind of morph it into a different uh into into drama yeah yeah i think (laughs) psycho is an interesting case because you had um michael powell's uh peeping tom that came out about two years before this in the uk and um it was reviled absolutely reviled <laughs> by by pretty much everyone um and it was buried and it ended michael power powell's career um and it delved into a lot of issues of voyeurism and uh psychosexual um psychosis and um just uh you know serial killing in general right um which serial killer has not been it's not like a new thing in the 60s no you know, you, it goes back to fritz lang's m and sure hell you had um night of the hunter you know you have lots of movies about serial killers even you know, those two movies are about serial killers of children right right 
Um, well, I guess maybe not so much Night of the Hunter, but anyway. Um, but then um, Psycho comes out. <laughs> and sure, nobody wanted to make it, but Hitchcock was able to, to get it made by making a lot of concessions, essentially funding it himself and so on. But, um, you know, it, it is probably his most popular movie ever. I think it made like $60 million or something like that. And it honestly changed the game. Like it's been argued, and I think successfully, that what Hitchcock did was he subverted the film noir, which the film noir came out about in the 50s to subvert the Hays Code, right? Mm-hmm. The 40s and 50s. It was all about kind of um, innuendo, double entendre, right? All the things you couldn't say, but it's said in the subtext. Well, Psycho came along and it fucking did away with the subtext. It made it text, <laughs> right? And it was the beginning of the end of the Hays Code. And, and as, as such, it was the beginning of the end of film noir and, and more into, yes, uh, straight up horror. Yeah. Yep. Well, is it the first time in a film that the outdated term transvestite was used on screen? Uh maybe probably i mean i don't know i've got i've got stuff to talk about it's the first time it's the first time that they showed a toilet (laughs) that's true that is yeah Uh, i've got stuff to say about that final scene because i kind of hate that final scene oh i actually i actually kind of don't like the whole last third of this movie if i'm being honest like this isn't anywhere near my favorite hitchcock but Sure, sure It is extremely important. Like it is one of those movies I legitimately, if if I could pick a handful of movies, I wish I could have seen an opening night. This would be one of them for sure. Yeah. Well, you couldn't yep. show up late. Hitchcock yeah. would have yeah. not let you in um, because he he cloned himself and went to every movie theater and and held the door shut for anybody <laughs> who came in late. Because um, I just don't. I don't know if a lot of people realize. I think we do, but I don't know if a lot of people do realize the the effect this had on audiences this movie and and the and truly like how how landmark it was in hollywood motion picture industry i mean it was it was transformative in a lot of ways yeah. in how movies were made marketed shot um i mean everything it all it all pretty much changed and everybody yeah. tried to make the next psycho right just like after jaws oh, everybody uh... tried to make the next jaws yeah, I mean, Dementia 13 came out shortly after this and did the exact same thing that this movie's known for. Yeah. It's like, we're going to follow a character for about half of it. <laughs> I mean, you could probably argue that Giallo was sure directly referencing Psycho when it was created. Yeah. Oh, Almost sure. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah that, that whole Italian run up until Halloween, right? Like we're... Yeah. Yeah, and the earliest Giallos were right on the heels of this. Yeah, sixty-two. I think if yeah. you count Blood is Blood and Black Lace as the first, I think it's sixty-two. Yeah. Other people say well, there's two names for the film. I can't remember either of them right now. Um, that his previous film was, but it was still it was still post nineteen sixty. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, yeah. No, I we'll we'll talk about the final scene because there's one thing I love about it but i hate that final scene <laughs> it's just it, it ruins a perfect movie it's in just my so it's just so spoon feeding you know right and but the like, guy it, doing the spoon feed, i'll just go ahead and say it. the guy who's doing the spoon feeding simon oakland 
is the uh, editor, fin- uh, Vincenzo, on the Night Stalker, uh, is Kolchak's boss. <laughs> and it's like, I love that dude. That dude's awesome. Uh, <laughs> so I love that element, but uh, no, it's not a good, it's not a good scene. It's not a good scene. Um, I, I'll be honest. I kind of start to tune out um, after the death of um, Martin Balsam. Yeah. Yeah. The investigator Arbogast. Yeah. Um, I do really, really like the scene where um, Loomis is interrogating Perkins. <clears throat> yeah, that's aggressive. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good scene. And, and, and Perkins, you know, Bates is just... You know, he's trying to deflect the best he can, but all the, but it's all coming to Adam way too fast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So Chuck, what, what, what are some thoughts you have just, uh, just kind of get, just to, to, to get things rolling here? Yeah. I think I, I would kind of echo Jason's thoughts that like maybe two thirds of this movie, I'm all in. And at the end it kind of falls apart. Um, it was interesting watching this time cause I don't know why, but I always forget the first third of this movie. You know, the... Oh, the whole thing about the money. The reason that... The, the, the film noir part of yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. a normal, normal-ass movie for like yeah. 30 minutes. Like intrigue, and she's running from... And it's actually really clever, I think, too, because it's like barreling you down one road. Yeah. Where yeah. you think what's dangerous to her is behind her. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, and 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 right. we think sure. that because she makes so many mistakes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just. I mean. So you'd almost, if you don't know this story, and this goes back to what Jason said earlier, if you didn't know this story, you'd have no clue what's coming, and you'd be like, "What the hell just yeah. happened?" Right. It, it it lulls you into this kind of false sense of, "Oh, this is just about a a person who makes a mistake." You know, and, and, you know, she's dealing with it. You almost forget that the movie's called Psycho and that yeah. she's not Psycho. Right. You know, so what does that mean? The, the name of the movie almost kind of like makes you think too much. I would yeah. think. I mean, I, 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 did, I, I, I meant to go back and look at the early trailers for this movie because I, I don't know how it was presented. Oh. What what were they? Did did you watch? Uh, well, no, it's famous. Um, it's uh, it's Alfred Hitchcock walking you through the crime oh, scenes. That's right. That's right. I remember that walking you through the crime scenes. Yeah. Yeah. So he's uh, yeah. you know he talks about like how the killer came into the bathroom, and, right? You know, and did all of this, and um, and then he goes into the room, and it's like, and then she slashed him, and he fell down. Yeah. Yeah, she stood over him and attacked, and he's like, he's describing all of the murders. Yeah, so I guess he would have a clue if you if you saw the trailers. It's kind of interesting that they approached. I don't think anyone expected Jane Lee to die, though. Um, You know, you kind of expect your heroine to to foil the bad guy in the end some way, right? Well, you expect her to resolve her issue. Yeah. One way or another, she gets arrested or she is, you know, she. Oh, returns. it's resolved. All right. <laughs> but it's not resolved. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you don't expect for her to be dead. <laughs> and that's how it's resolved. And I mean, going along with that, that film noir, you know, angle, you know, she had just come off of, I think, Touch of Evil was two years before this, which was kind of a mixed reviewed noir, but now it's like considered one of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you know she you know it, it's it does feel like this very conventional kind of crime plot right yeah she wakes up in the hotel room with her you know at post coitus right because it's always post coitus in in uh it, film noirs <laughs> we see her knickers a lot yeah we do, we do. <laughs> and, apparently and that I was one of the things that was cut <laughs> there, there you can watch the the uncut version of it now it was just made it was just made available a couple years ago for the first time in the united states and there's like 45 seconds extra or something and and there's actually i think a scene where she's putting on or taking off her brassiere right so it's a little bit more risque. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the censors just couldn't have that. It was just too much. <laughs> too much. <laughs> yeah, it's um yeah, that whole first part like most people don't and like you forget all I forgot why she stole the money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's because her boyfriend um is is wrecked with, with debt. Yeah. I mean, she wants to lick the stamps. That's what she wants. <laughs> well, she wants to lick something. That damn, uh, it's, it's uh, alimony, right? Yeah. 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 So, and, and yeah, because they, they have to kind of sneak around because, you know, he's, it's, it's not couth for them to be seen together right, right now. Right, right. But if he, if, but if he can clear everything up, then they can have like a more traditional life or whatever. Whatever that means. I mean, John Gla- or John Gavin was just in Spartacus in that in that year, mm-hmm. same year too. So that's a pretty good year. That's a damn good year. Yep. Um, I just want to comment that in profile, you can totally see Jamie Lee Curtis when oh, you're yeah. looking at her mom. Yeah, like dead on. Yeah, I don't really see it. Like I, you could see it, but profile, I'm like, oh, it looks just like her. It's kind of weird, right? And, I mean, I mean, she, yeah, Jamie Lee is. You can see both both mom and dad quite strikingly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Do you get that? Speaking of Spartacus, you know, Tony Curtis yeah. was in Spartacus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. I bet he. I bet he uh, just did not even attempt an accent. <laughs> I know Tony Curtis. I've seen. <laughs> you know Tony. Curtis. I, I know. I know. I've seen him in movies where he should have an accent. <laughs> One other thing about that first third <laughs> that I thought was pretty awesome is that when she's making it seems like she didn't say it out loud obviously her final decision to steal the money the shower head in her bathroom is in the mm-hmm. in the back of the shot mm-hmm. yeah i actually there's a couple of shots in that because um you also in that scene see shadows of the crew of the camera uh just briefly and when it's like looking at the bed and it's like looking it's like going in on the money and then you can kind of see a little bit of a shadow in the bottom right and it's like it's interesting because it's not perfectly shot but it makes you feel like you're there with her yeah yeah it's like you're almost there to try to tell her don't what are you doing don't do this (laughs) (laughs) come on stupid yeah (laughs) um i love the uh the the cowboy oil guy who comes in who's buying the the house for his daughter oh my god him hitting on her and then when she's thinking back to what they're yeah. probably saying yeah. about her yeah and he's like and she flirted with me i also i also love i also love the the woman that she works with oh says, god yeah he was totally flirting with you he must he must have seen my wedding ring <laughs> right yeah <laughs> I like, and like she's just not interested at like she is so like a million miles away in that scene yeah. 
it's hilarious <laughs> it's really good too when she's driving and having that moment you were describing where people are talking about her and she just has this devious fucking smile on her face yeah yeah because it's like they're saying awful things but she does not look like she's scared yeah he's like yeah fuck them <laughs> it's like well, I, I, what i, I love about that too is it, it it's it, it you can take it two different ways right you could take it you know and the the sense that these are things that these people are actually saying unbeknownst to her or it's the things that she's imagining that they're saying right when they might be saying it right and it's it's a really fun exercise because yeah he he puts the smile over over at a point in time where she's like yeah i'm glad i stole this fucking money you know yeah yeah yeah, I took that scene as what the people actually said. I don't know why. I didn't even consider that. I mean, I know I she was probably thinking way. about it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. 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 I, um, yeah, but like everything she does is just the wrong thing. She's, oh, God. She, she, yeah. first of all, she takes the money. That's right. the numero uno problem. <laughs> I didn't have a problem with that. It's when she, sold her car that i uh, <laughs> well, it was the whole it was the whole thing was pointless <laughs> it right. was the whole thing was pointless because yeah, the cop followed her anyway yeah exactly and it's like and she's acting weird what a menacing cop too man i know it's like he's you know it's it's you know he's got to face this pretty good for a profile picture though on facebook <laughs> yeah he does <laughs> got those classic uh, cop glasses yeah he's, those, he's scary aviators yeah you know yeah, he is and but it's it, like, feeds, it feeds that nor paranoia too right right um and, and the, God, and the you uh, get distrust nervous. of of yeah of, of, of just your your common man right right well and you know you feel you get nervous because she's acting so nervous yeah and it's like at yeah. any minute she's gonna fuck all this up. Yeah, she's to totally uncool. Right, and it's like she just wants to buy a damn car for reasons yeah. uh, who knows. But but she but what's great about that is that you feel the same way for Norman later when Arbogast is interrogating him. And, yeah, and Norman is is made all this all this, not the same mistakes, but similarly dumb mistakes. Right. right. Well, Norman, and, I mean, and you that, kind of feel bad for Norman because you don't know you you don't know if you right. can if you can watch this movie for the hundredth time and still pretend you don't know that, that he's, he's not the killer that he's covering right. it. You think he's covering up for his mom? You can kind of feel for him. Oh, right? By the way, spoilers, geez. <laughs> even even that though, like even watching it now for the hundredth time. You don't know how much of it he is aware of right. either when right. he, when he's Norman. So it still kind of works. Yeah, I mean Norman is extremely sympathetic. Oh yes, and it's a great I, performance. And and in a way, I guess that is one positive other thing I could say about you know Simon Oakland like explaining it all to us that it's only it's only making us feel right to be sympathetic for the killer. Right. Right. You know, it's weird. The last psycho I watched was psycho too. And while I think oh, that's yeah, a, I like that movie, that is the most white watchable psycho, but I'm just Anthony Perkins it. is kind of bad in it. Like his acting isn't great. So when I watched this one, I was like, I don't remember him being this good. He's a bit <laughs> hammy. He's a bit hammy in two. Yeah. yeah. And in yeah. one, he's like, he, it's like almost perfect. Yeah. Oh, like maybe it, maybe it's it perfect. It, it, it is perfect. Yeah. 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 There, yeah. He doesn't he doesn't put a bad, you know, look anywhere in this movie. It's just ugh. 
It's yeah, all so good. That scene when he gives her the bread and the sandwiches or whatever he gives her, like, is just yeah masterful oh, on both sides. I think yep. they're yep. both excellent in it. Yep. Well, yeah, because she's not giving away anything except for she fucks up again by giving her <laughs> real name. Yeah. Um, but she, uh, but like she's dodging, you know, some of the, some of the questions or some of the conversation points, she's just speaking her mind about what she heard with Norman's mother right. yelling at she's him. She's kind of talking about herself well, in, yeah. a, in a matter of speaking. She's like maybe either convincing herself that what she did is right to leave. Like, why don't you just leave? Because she just did that. Right. But he's like, also kind of convincing her to fix it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a it's a weird tug of war mm-hmm. in that scene that just plays wonderfully. But the way he shot though, I mean, come on, those birds are hanging over. Like he's, yeah. he is the predator in this situation. And then he calls her a bird. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. So yeah. you know, like the warnings are there if you're paying attention for sure. Oh, he is gonna stuff that. Yeah. <laughs> with a knife right into a trunk <laughs> right into a trunk and into a swamp uh, when he dumps the car that cracks me oh, up so it. much every because time i wait for it, it. yeah because it's like reaction. it stops halfway and then he's like uh yeah. he's like looking around <laughs> well that's another one of those audience moments right it's like, hitchcock man like that I mean, it's, scene it's, it's that scene that doesn't totally work unless you kind of sympathize with them right you know and, well, and, it, and it's and it's the yeah you're like go of, down you're like go right. down yeah, yeah don't tell me you don't want it to go down right, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> i mean how devious is that like that's yeah. such great manipulation yeah yeah and you know i mean and and it's it's hitchcock too kind of in, interjecting some comedy into some pretty dark moments most definitely um yeah it's uh <laughs> <laughs> But was the, this uh, was this the movie that made taxidermy creepy? Also, by the way, I mean, isn't it always? Or was I mean, it always like, creepy? It's always kind of creepy. Like some of it's cool, but then you see, like, I, I go to horror hound, right? So I see the taxidermy stand, <laughs> right? And it's right. like some of it's really cool until you see the gigantic fucking bird eater spider on the on the corner, and you're like, I'm done. I'm moving on <laughs> to the next table. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm I'm through with this. It just seems like anytime you see anyone who's into taxidermy in anything, you're kind of like the suspect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did it. I'm sure. <laughs> well, uh, that's just giving us, uh, that's giving me um, forewarning that uh, accents are going to be insane next week. <laughs> Probably. And I guess I guess that's kind of an Ed Gein thing too, right? Because yeah. didn't he make like weird skin lamps and shit like that? He made skin lamps. He made your rib cages into coffee tables. <laughs> yeah, and a... I think he put skulls on chairs, like on the arms of chairs and stuff too. I but think. I also read that he actually only killed one person. Yeah, he was a grave robber. He was a grave was robber. He, he was a that's grave what robber. It was. Yeah. Did he kill his mother? Is that what it was? Uh, well, maybe I don't. I don't know. know. We need to get a true crime person then on this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's my wife when you need her? Um, <laughs> the rib cages into coffee tables. That's a line from a Blind Melon song about. Oh, Ed twice. Gein, he was killed. Which he is killed awesome. twice. Sorry, I, uh, I talked over you there. That's no. Fire. I got. I got it. And uh, yeah, that's cool. 
Yeah, it's a great song. It's a great tune. They play the kazoo in it. I'm uh, always a fan of kazoos, especially <laughs> in inappropriate moments. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a happy song about murdering people and carrying their bodies into furniture. It's <laughs> fantastic. I'm always I'm on board for that, too. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when did Ed Gein get like, was he a literal? Yeah, well, Ed, the the book was inspired by ed gein right oh yeah the, okay yes yeah, so they're there for the movie by association was as well yeah i didn't realize that gein was that long ago he was mid 50s i think yeah yeah um no uh let's see here oh yeah so robert block he wrote the screenplay for a um for a remake of cabinet of dr caligari in 62 nice yeah that's not the one that uh they made in the 80s is it no 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 no. this was in 62. that one is bonkers yeah no 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 <laughs> <laughs> well robert block also wrote a sequel to psycho Yes, that it did. was not accepted. <laughs> it's the sequel movie. No, yeah, no. <laughs> but it's actually a pretty interesting story. Uh, I won't go into all of it, but it's it sort of subverts again who the killer is, right? Yeah. But in a really interesting way. Well, because by... it, it, it deals with you know, like it, it deals with the aftermath of the things that happen in this. Yeah, movie. yeah, and, 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 you know, you know, in a, in a weird way, I, I, was, I read the synopsis for this not that long ago, and it reminds me a lot of Scream Three, like a lot of Scream Three. <laughs> because, interesting, because it's it's kind of like it all takes place on a movie set, and and there's this you know like media circus around the the psycho killings, and yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, Which one is that? What did I miss here? That's, no, that was, is the novel, the sequel novel. Oh, okay. Psycho, Psycho, Psycho yeah. 2 that Robert Block wrote in with the, the intention 70s, of it being the sequel movie as well. But but Universal said nine. <laughs> I wouldn't no, be we're so, going to go straight forward with this. Yeah, they had someone else write it. Yep. Scream, Scream borrows a lot, so I wouldn't be surprised if that was intentional or borrowed from that book. I, I wouldn't I, either. It's it's shockingly like that. There are a lot of similarities. Yeah. Interesting. I'll yeah. have to um, check that out. I wouldn't be me without bringing up the fact that Robert Block wrote three awesome Star Trek episodes. <laughs> uh, two OG? of which, two of yeah, two of which I have posters for. Uh, what are little girls made of? Which is right up here on my <laughs> camera. Cat's Paul, which is down the hallway, and then uh, he did the Jack the Ripper episode, Wolf in the Fold. Mm. I've seen that one. Yeah, because I love Jack the Ripper. Yeah, Scotty gets uh, gets uh, set up by a spirit of sorts, like an energy or something. But anyway, yeah, good. Um, yeah, but he also did um, uh, the House that Drip Blood in '71. Oh yeah, he did yeah. Asylum, um, the Deadly Bees. Those were, I think, all of those were Amicus movies. So. I'm sure I'll be talking about him in some other way on my other show at some point. I have a quick, I have a quick, definite. <laughs> I have a quick theory I want to run past you too. Now, have Nine. either of you seen or seen recently Peeping Tom? 
No. Okay. A few years ago, I watched it. Okay. It's um. This is the hypothesis. I I I just I'm so fascinated by the fact that that hit that the same kind of movie just exploded the popularity of one director and ended the career of another. Right. Mm-hmm. Within two months of one another, and and I and I've been thinking about why that might be the case. And I think it's two main reasons. The first reason is that Michael Powell was not known for those types of movies, right? He wasn't known as a thriller director, a um, a director that featured murder and crime, right? Um, so when he made Peeping Tom, I think it took a lot of people by surprise just because it was not the type of film they expected from him. Number two, it was in color. Mm. And Hitchcock wanted to shoot Psycho in color, but uh, he couldn't afford it. He, um, Since he ended up having to pay for it himself, he went the cheaper route, and he used his Alfred Hitchcock Presents um, TV crew, and he shot it in black and white. I can't imagine the movie today without at least Vince Vaughn and Anne Hesch <laughs> to be <laughs> in color. Like I can't imagine if somebody went and recolorized Psycho Have, they probably have done that, I would imagine, at some point. There was the whole recolorization movement in the seventies. I don't know if that one was ever touched because, because what, what Turner did was uh because he had access to MGM. Yeah. That's what he was mostly recoloring, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you're probably the MGM right. and RKO movies that he was able to have access to. But I think I wonder if the fact that, you know, it was Hitchcock, the guy who you expect to be scared to scare the guy you kind of expect to scare you, right? Or at least make you uncomfortable. So you're already in and the movie's called Psycho, let's be real. And um and the fact that it's in black and white. So some of the you know the violence is more muted. The shower scene is terrifying as it is, and it's still one of the most game changing, terrifying scenes in cinema. It still is like there's that disconnect from it, right? Because it's in black. The and blood white. doesn't look like blood, right? right? It's, like it's, it's like chocolate syrup, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like quite literally, it's chocolate syrup, right? But yeah, it's it's so much easier to take in like i watched that as a kid and yeah yeah. it's it's the score really that gets you and the editing the editing not the blood yeah that's another funny thing is that uh, hitchcock wanted to to shoot it in silence he wanted to be all silent and bernard herman was like eh let me let me see what i can do and he he, uh scored you know the all of it and uh and he he's, and gave it to him, and Hitchcock was like, "Yep, you're right. It's way better." <laughs> and he gave him a raise. <laughs> scores. Forget the shower scene. The score is really good in this yeah. movie. It's yeah. it's good all around. It's yeah. one of my favorites for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, and um, that's uh, it, it's amazing that this is a a television crew. Yeah, because that opening pan of of Phoenix, and then it, it like closes in on that hotel window. Um, I mean, that's, that's a great shot. Yeah. Um, I mean, he had directed this crew several times. There were, there were many episodes of, of the TV show that he directed. So I think that honestly, he was really, you know, he had a lot of familiarity that worked in his favor and plus they could, they could work economically to boot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then my favorite scene is the overhead shot where Arbogast gets slashed and killed. That's yeah. 
um, that just, I mean, you're waiting for something, mm-hmm. but you don't exactly expect that. Yeah. Um, and I and think, that, I think that's scarier than the shower scene. Yeah, it um, is. I, I think yeah. it is too. It's like um, the, it's the, um, exorcist three moment, right? Yeah. kind of yeah. is. I mean, yeah. like, you know, something's coming, you know, something's there yeah. and you know, he's in trouble. Um, but then again, you kind of also think he is, what's funny is, is that his downfall as a character is being nicer to Lila and to Sam. Cause she, cause she even brings that up. It's like he had a change in his, in his demeanor, the last phone call we had with him. And that ultimately kind of was like his downfall was that he yeah. wasn't as sharp anymore. Was he hired by her boss? Do we even know who hired him? I know he's a private investigator, obviously. I would assume it was either the oil man or the boss. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was, he wanted to follow the out of it. Yeah. 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 Because again, 40, 40K in cash. Maybe there'd be some questions about that. And he already said that he he doesn't declare it. (laughs) (laughs) Some tax questions. Right. And so, like, and also, like, the, um, I mean, they didn't want to, they just wanted the money back. They didn't want to throw her in jail or, right. or, you know, um, yeah. So, but no, yeah, the, uh, yeah, that, that whole character there, the, um, um, Martin Balsam character. I like that character a lot. I wish he was around longer. <laughs> yeah. It's a good character. Um, I really like, um, Vera Miles in this, uh, I had forgotten how good she is. Well, she has she has one fault to her her performance. Is she the sister? Yeah. Okay. Um, her fault comes again in that last scene. She oh, gets yeah. confirmation sure. that her sister's dead, and she does not react at right. all. Yeah. It's like nope, nope. Sorry, this is this is his scene. You don't yep. get to react to this death of your sister. Yeah. You know, it's like there's there's nothing from her or from because i think sam is in that scene too yeah nothing from them like it's almost like eh, good right yeah (laughs) you're right it is odd uh but no she's really good and she's kind of unlikable at first Mm -hmm. um and and she kind of gets that because you know that sam is not involved and she almost comes in hot with him and he has to kind of like he, he he's able to convince her quickly i don't know i don't, I have nothing to do with this you know <laughs> but like she's she's kind of unlikable at first and she's she's impatient which you know fair you know so but there's qualities to her it's like oh just come you know just uh, just take it down a notch and let yeah you know, let this play she, out <laughs> yeah she's 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 concerned she's worried sure. she she suspects something of sam loomis right whether it's you know worst case or or best case which is still not great right right she doesn't believe that any of the possibilities are that he has no idea what's going on right right now she does eventually i mean i think it's when arbogast comes in that she realizes oh yeah no he's 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 on the level well yeah Um, he he confirms that for her on the phone Yeah. yeah yeah and um yeah i mean so much so they get married yeah. <laughs> in between this and the second movie. Yeah. <laughs> and they have a little make Tilly. 
<laughs> no spoilers on Psycho 2. <laughs> oh my god, I just put all that together. Yeah, because their last name uh, is Loomis in the second one. Yeah. I just forgot it was the same character. Somehow, some way, I'm like, I didn't even know that was the sister from the That first was one. the big uh, critical knock on uh, Psycho 2 is how, how dirty... Uh, they did uh, Vera Miles and that, <laughs> but but it kind of but in a way it makes sense, right? I agree. Yeah, but... I mean because like they they I mean now she's getting her chance to process her trauma because <laughs> yeah. that shit wasn't happening at the end of the first one. <laughs> um, you know, and she's angry. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, she she wants revenge because she doesn't think this guy deserves to be out. Um, which is it puts. Again, it puts us in a in an awkward position because we don't want to. I mean, again, Norman is is sympathetic. He's such a sympathetic character. You never want to blame him for anything. He's even more sympathetic in two than the yeah. first one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, and and but at the same time, you can kind of understand you because you don't understand the the all the details of his release. And how he can just kind of fold back into this town around the the motel and it not be taken as a problem. You know, it's like you right. don't understand that. So you can you can kind of understand why people get a little bit that's that's for a discussion for another time. <laughs> um but anyway, um the so yeah, so at one point like uh arbogast says like hey i'm gonna go ask the mother what's going on i'll I'll see you in about an hour and three hours pass and uh you know and and lila and sam are like oh he's not around and sam's like so what he's late but lila's like not letting go it's like let's go over to the sheriff's place and that guy's wife is amazing <laughs> like they go in, they wake up the sheriff and they're like, you know, basically saying this is what's going on. And they're like, well, we know. And this is a little bit of, sm you know, small townism. You know, it's like, we know Norman. He's harmless, basically. And, uh, and they say something about, it's like, well, this guy was going to go talk to Mrs. Bates. And the wife's like, he took a wife? <laughs> She's like, yeah. like, and then, like, when he reveals to them, it's like, oh, no. Uh, uh, norma bates is is dead and she's like i helped pick out the dress myself yeah. <laughs> it's like, it just so... and then when they go back over to the to the place the next day after church she's like talking about like how oh we'll we'll have we'll have lunch and it'll be much pleasant to to fill out the report over lunch or dinner or whatever and it's like she's just she's bonkers and i love it like she's so she's so helpful as a little old lady <laughs> the, the way that scene is shot is so interesting i don't know if it's so interesting it kind of drives me crazy um because it's very much like the, <laughs> the kind of shot for tv cramming everybody into the frame where's this got, at at the at the house or in front the of the house. church yeah at the sheriff's house because in in the church like the the cops like we got to get out of the way like, no it's at the sheriff's house when, <laughs> okay. the, when they're talking and they're they're saying hey um when it basically tells them the story about about Norman's mom, um, because they they fit uh, Sam, um, Lila, and the wife all into the frame. Mm 
right? And then the way it's cut, and it then shows um, the sheriff and the wife in the frame, and it doesn't like totally match up their their eye. Well, the eye line doesn't quite match up, and it just kind of drives me a little crazy. <laughs> Why are these people looking over the top of Biermann's head? That doesn't yeah. make sense. It, 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 and I think it's just the way each shot is composed. It just it looks like there's a different distance. And but I don't know. It, it just I was watching well, it and, and I was like, wait a minute. I wonder if it's she, supposed to make you where feel... is she standing? The wife. Yeah, because <laughs> she's standing in between them. Right, she, she, the the sheriff and Vera Miles. She's standing in between them, and it's cutting. Well, and know, it camera seems A, like camera the, B. It right. seems like that the sheriff is also on a couple of the steps. Like he didn't even get all the way downstairs before they like started yeah. to tell their story. Yeah, that could be too. Um, yeah, but, it, it just it just kind of yeah, <laughs> it's a dumb thing, but I just noticed it. <laughs> so you're saying that this is the worst movie ever made? Because yeah, it's yeah, he clearly totally blew not, it. He totally yeah. blew it. God, <laughs> good job, Hitch. Yeah, geez, get get jeez. a go get a film school degree or something. <laughs> but in uh, a way, yeah. though, also a, I know I'm sure he had a real tough time spending his sixty percent of fifty million box office. You're right <laughs> in 1960. <laughs> yeah, it was thirty million. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, well, he, he probably dumped a lot of that back into the birds too. Probably that think. made a shit ton of money too. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but in some ways, though, I mean, sometimes the best movies aren't perfectly made. You know, it's like, like I said, this movie, you know, I, there were times where it's like I saw shadows of the crew or of yeah, the camera yeah. or whatever. Oh, it you know, was it was shot. It was shot like really lean, you know, I mean, right. it was shot fast. Uh, it's amazing. It's. It's, you know, as I mean, that's not amazing. It's as competent as it's still Hitchcock, you know, composing every scene, every shot. But I think the thing they spent the most time on was the shower scene. Well, yeah, that was like a full weekend or something yeah. or a week or no, it was a full week, wasn't it? I think I think at least um, I mean, it was something like 70 camera setups. Well, I know there were yeah. two two times that that Janet Lee had to postpone, which yeah. I'm sure made Hitchcock. Yeah. Very pleased. Yeah, he doesn't like those women troubles. No. Uh like the first time <laughs> as uh, the girl said. <laughs> <laughs> well, the yeah, cuz she because she had a cold and then the second time she had was, she was on her period. Yep. And I'm sure the second time really incensed him. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. He hated actors anyway for the most part from what I understand. He was very much a, a camera director, not a not a um Person, no, person. an actor director yeah they're just yeah. tools to him yeah. yeah most definitely they were they're they're a necessary evil <laughs> yeah. um but apparently though i mean you know however you know the 78 shots or whatever you know like apparently though it was comfortable for her yeah they kept so at the least warm didn't, water they yeah, didn't try to method her out you know right yeah, yeah. and he and apparently she does not seem to complain about which I mean, would you complain if you're in the most famous shot in horror history? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, probably not. Even if the guy's dead, I don't know if you wouldn't. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I would I gather that, um, you know, Janet Lee was definitely more protected than some of Hitchcock's other leads later, like Tippi Hedren. Um, mm. you know, she was you know, pretty, had some pretty powerful 
people in her. You guys are passing off this tippyhedron thing like everybody knows what you're talking about. A tippyhedron you- was is famous was famously abused by Hitchcock on the birds. Oh. And um and apparently he that was a thing of for Hitchcock was to kind of psychologically abuse his his female leads. He did try to do that a little bit with with um Janet Lee on the set of this. He would he would hide different versions of the of the mother corpse in like her dressing room and shit. <laughs> so did he and Kubrick like high five each other every time they saw each other? I know, right? I know, I know exactly. Kubrick definitely, he definitely went to the to the Hitchcock school of fucking with your female lead. Yeah. But um but yeah, sorry, I, the the Tippy Hedron thing is kinda yeah, he was I've probably she, known and forgotten that. They, Over time. And, yeah. and then she worked with him again on it wasn't Marnie, and that was even worse. Uh, um, yeah, not sure because he kind of he kind of he kind of blackballed her. Um, really? Yeah. What yeah, a dude! He, was, he wasn't a very good person, Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> when it really comes down to it. you know what you know, like the more and more documentaries come up on people and stuff like that, the more I learn all ultra talented people are assholes i mean i'm joking but like a lot of them even some of my heroes like i'm like kurt vonnegut was really terrible to his family yeah like how is that how how can this man this man specifically (laughs) be terrible to his family it doesn't make sense but yeah yeah finding out a lot of negative things about people is kind of sad well i mean documentary i need to watch that yeah it's pretty good i mean it's probably the uh uh, you know the the mindset of an artist you know um probably a a vast majority of them are i don't know i'm an artist i gotta go ask my family if i'm terrible to them (laughs) i just think it boils down to everybody's got some demons man everybody's well i mean i know that the three of us are under head if you put anyone under a microscope you're bound to find something dirty about them for sure oh sure sure and celebrities are um you know i mean they're 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 the most under the microscope and you know and directors all the time get stories told about you know, it's not like today where all the special features talk about how much of a big family they are on set. Horse shit. Yeah. They all hate each other yeah. for those three months that they're together. <laughs> you know, it's only when they can get away from each other do they actually like each other. <laughs> um, but anyway, I don't know how we even got onto this. Jeff digresses. Uh, Let's move uh, on. I digress. I did. He digressed. This, that wasn't me. <laughs> I digressed. Uh... Where the hell are we? Oh, let's talk about Saul Bass real quick. Yeah, yeah. So the opening credits. You know, I know you're a big fan of opening credits. How do you feel about opening credits? I love one? opening credits. And Saul Bass was one of the best. He was one of the best, and he made one of the best with Psycho. It's so he's one of the simple, best. Perfect. <laughs> you know, it, it, I love the fracturing of the mm-hmm. word in the title. It just says so much with with just very little. I um, don't know for sure. So I may be talking partly out of my butt here, partly. but I feel partly, uh, partly. partly of- <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like, I feel like this, uh, Saul Bass, certainly at least, and maybe psycho directly, um, had a huge, huge, huge influence, at least on the Dr. No title sequence. Um, 
I no, of course. always got to bring it around to Bond. Well, I brought it to, to Star Trek earlier. So I was surprised, bingo at this though, point. because it's right in the same era, mm-hmm. and Bond was known for its title sequences. Well, later they got a lot more... You know, but like Doctor knows all the 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 dots and the 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 way that the, it shifts around the screen, kind of like mm-hmm. the the lines in Psycho. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just 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 putting that out there. Just putting I like to there. think I like to think of Saul Bass as kind of like the the Hollywood Matisse, right? He 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 kind of did the the cutout graphic design, where he would kind of you could tell he was layering. Did he do Dead Zone? Construction paper, that kind of stuff. The Dead Zone? Uh, I don't think so. No, I don't think he did. He did. He did a lot of stuff you know, though. Um, uh, this one I thought was beautiful. While you're looking at that, I thought it was beautiful. Well, you know, uh, you, you know what you would recognize more than anything right off the bat is some of the posters he did. Yeah. Like the yellow and black shining poster with yep. the, the ghost and the tea. The that was him. The really famous orange and black um, West Side Story poster. Um, Anatomy of a Murder is another one. He did the title sequence for that as well. Um, Vertigo. Uh, he's just, yeah, I think he did a title sequence of Vertigo too. Um, Interesting. But he also was a, was a logo designer for, for corporations. Like if you look at his Wikipedia and look at all the logos he designed, it's wild. Um, the guy was genius. Like truly probably... I mean, one of top ten graphic designer of all time, Saul Bass, no doubt. Um, still kind of being copied today. Um, he directed a single movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phase four, good flick. I just watched it for the first time a couple of days ago, just on a whim because I was it came it came upon me in my research, and I said I'm going to watch that. And it's it came a upon damn, me on the back of an ant. And it's a damn good movie too. Uh, only one he ever made. It, the only, re- only reason it was only one he had ever made was because it was a huge flop. <laughs> Interesting. But but pretty pretty good flick. It's got our boy Michael Murphy in it. Chuck, the the dad from Dead Kids. Oh yeah. Okay. Nice. Nice. Old Tanner. I like it. Tanner eighty eight. He's like he's all he was a Robert Altman guy. All right. Wow. We are way diversion now. I'm like. <laughs> talking about you guys are psycho <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but all right so this is what i think what i wanted to say ultimately about saul bass is that he storyboarded the set, the shower sequence in addition to the title card um the title sequence he he got pictorial consultant credit on this for storyboarding the shower scene and um he was commissioned by Hitchcock to do so. And then when he came back with the results, there were, I think, 48 storyboards. And um, Hitchcock wasn't so sure about it. It was like, <laughs> this is a lot of cuts. Like, is this going to work? You know, this is not how we usually do things. That's the only way it works, right? Like, <sighs> kind of. I mean, I can't. Can you imagine any other way? No. And there's no like knife. I don't. I don't know if it, like in America you couldn't do this. No knife insertion, no yeah. like bleeding wounds. Like the only way to create the illusion that she's getting stabbed yeah. is all those cuts, right? Yeah. At least it's, I mean, the cuts are the cuts. Yeah. The and cuts are the shot, cuts. <laughs> he, did add, he did add a couple things. He added um, where the knife, 
just about penetrates the stomach, but doesn't. If you notice, there's that one quick cut. Yeah, like presses um, on it a little. Mm, yeah. Yep. He added that. He added, um, I think the blood down the drain was one he added. He added, you know, maybe three or four additional cuts to the sequence. But I, but for the most part, it was it was Saul Bass's storyboards that he shot. That's yeah. interesting. I really like that shot of her life going down the drain. Like yeah. it's the like the literal kind of thing. Like normally I'd be like, oh, that's a bit, you know, yeah. ham fisted or cheesy or pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it's real good here. <laughs> like I'm just looking at a drain and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that it's a relatively open drain, so you could like you don't get the haircut in there. Norman keeps the place clean. <laughs> I mean, he's bored. All the time, he sure. changes the sheets every week. Yeah, he doesn't like that musty smell. He just, you know, because it's cold and damp, like a grave or whatever. There, but he says, he, "Well, I love that." He starts to try to describe it and he can't. He says, "I don't know, just creepy," you know? Yeah, like oh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> it's like something that creeps Norman out, you know? Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of cool. Yeah, and it's still like, but but, but also, don't you think maybe his mom kind of smells like that? No. No, oh, because really? no. she, she's preserved. She's preserved. He, yeah. he talked about how maybe much that's he, why he he's so diligent because he can't stand that smell. Oh, right. He taxidermied he, her, he, his mom. Right, 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 right. He he talked yeah, that about wasn't how, directed like, at you. That was directed at me. Just yeah, yeah. No, he uh, he, you know, because he he tips his hand in that where it's like the only cost I ever had was the chemicals, and he talked about he almost made that sound like that was unusually expensive. Yeah, well, because he's got to do it to his, you know, it's like, no, I mean, there's no way Jan Lee would have picked up on that. But Well, no, but he's telling us that it's like, don't be surprised. Once you see his mom. Yeah, I know what's going on. He he pumped her full of goo <laughs> of goo of, of, of taxidermy, goo, taxa goo <laughs> after he pumped her full of poison, right? Sawdust. And was yeah, it poison? Sawdust. did he poison her or did he? It's the yeah. same shit he gives the old lady in. His real mother in Psycho oh, 2. Yeah. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> Although that is pretty great when he fucking clubs her with a shovel. That's a fucking wild movie now that it I is. think about it. It yeah. is. It's insane. Like, it's held together by Meg Tilly, pretty much. Or Jennifer. Which Tilly is it? Is it Meg? Meg. Yeah. Meg. She's so awesome in that. But anyway, back to this psycho. <laughs> yeah, so, right. I mean, I guess we're kind of, we're tiptoeing and dancing around not really wanting to talk about the final act. Because <laughs> at that point, it does kind of devolve into kind of gener- genericness. You know, it's It doesn't like, know where to go. It's, yeah. it's almost right. like... The- it shot it shot and now it doesn't know what to do (laughs) if they made this movie today they would just have anthony perkins standing in the window to end the movie right like he'd still be out there you wouldn't have this whole shit right right so yeah because it's like then you got to figure out like vera miles and and um uh what's his face sam 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 loomis yep they need to go and get their confirmation that you know something's wrong yeah because argus starp or whatever argus starp is. yeah that's the yeah. name argus <laughs> starp. he disappears right he's right. supposed Ar- to call yeah. it arbogast has disappeared argus starp argus starp yeah um was it the cop that called him arbogast 
Yeah. Some, yeah, something like that. It was really funny how they anyway, but yeah. So, so they uh yeah, so they have to go and they're gonna go and figure that all out. And so now it's like it's the typical like you know, they're posing as a couple, but then they they abandon that story immediately by just saying they're on business trip. Yeah. And that they don't have any bags. You don't and, look the look of that sky. Yeah, they don't look the sun. <laughs> so I have a question about this because it's, it's confusing. Like, what do they actually think they're going to find there? Do they think? Well, they, I um, guess I guess once they find out that Norman's mother is dead, then suspicion like completely shifts to his ass, right? Right. the The plan was was well, to coax they the don't information even out believe of that. Sorry. They, no, they no. The, the plan was. Arbogast said he was going to go talk to the old lady. So they're going to go talk to the old lady thinking, well, she's just some invalid. So we'll just get the information out of her. Yeah. I think that's what, so they don't really, they don't know. They don't have any real. Yes. Yeah, so this is before they find out that Norman's mother is dead. No, now I can't remember. No. Well, it's her, it's Vera miles snooping around the, the Bates house. I know that. I'm yeah, just trying to put they that. Don't go, they don't go there until um, until after they talk to the cop. The cop. The sheriff? Yeah. yeah. The sheriff. They talk he to him because, he, yeah, because, because Vera, Vera Miles like, doesn't, go, doesn't go to the hotel until they pose as a couple to right. stay there. Yeah. Well, what the, why don't they believe the cop? Well, well that's the even cop, stupider. The cop isn't, isn't unbelievable. The cop is saying... I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. But he says the mother is dead, but they still think there's a mother there. Well, because, well, they think something is there. Well, because Arbogast was certain of it. Oh, yeah. You saw her in the window. Yeah. Okay. So they're thank going, you. They're I, going on what Arbogast told them. And they're like, oh, I bet you that. I bet you his mom is still alive. And he's just like covering for her. Right. right? And, they, and because at one point the cop says, then who is buried? And it keeps in Norma's yeah, he does. grave. He, he does say that, and yeah, so it keeps the audience guessing too, right? It's it's designed to put doubt in is she dead or is she not dead? There's right. no and definitive word time, on this, other than the fact that there's probably a fucking death certificate, but whatever. Well, yeah. but she might have faked her death because sure. she was blamed for killing her new guy, right? Which we find out later. A murder suicide is what they said it was. Yeah. Right. Right. So if so, she killed him. So she faked her own death is what the thought may be. But right, they got to go ten years on that. That would be difficult. But whatever. But yeah. So I mean, they still think that there's somebody in that house that they that Arbogast got information from, and either something happened to him or he took off. They they're not they're never actually. Like one of their suspicions is is that Norman's the the killer, and so they're right from the start. You know, yeah. I mean, but Arbogast thinks that Norman's covering for, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, for Marion, boo. So yeah, so I mean, like Vera yeah, Miles, Ar is Ar like, yeah, Arbogast is like, oh, she's here, yeah, right. yeah, and that's the thing. Arbogast is is either either that woman I saw is. His mother, as he said, or it's Marion, or it's Marion. Right. That sheriff is a dickhead too, because two people have disappeared after being at that hotel, and he don't give no shits. Yeah. Right. Well, again, it's Pretty you bad. know, 
yeah. kind of taking care of his own and he can't be ours to to deal with that you know it's like i guess that. i mean that's what cops do we're like yeah. they're supposed to follow up on stuff like that well but, they, they also have a great deal of sympathy for norman too he lost his mother he lives there alone right he's a hermit he's bothered by stuff just leave him alone you know the it's like they must have gone someplace else yeah yeah he has no business he hasn't caused any trouble in 10 years yeah which makes you think well if that's the case then then they probably suspect that he did cause trouble 10 years ago yeah but that's yeah anyway they deal with norman very badly <laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah i mean but, they, no, but the cop is the cop is bad i mean this is a sleepy tiny ass roadside thing you know it's like he's just not he doesn't want to mess with it yeah um yeah so what do they do they go they go to the hotel they're like i'll keep him busy you go to the house right and so how how sam keeps him busy is like practically shining a light in his face and interrogating him hard it's like dude it's like because he says well you know it's like because uh, the, the concern was there's no way we can keep him in one place and i think sam thinks <laughs> that he's just gonna you know like punch him out or something <laughs> Yeah, it's weird but he get, he is not a very good hero he's kind of a loser <laughs> is anybody here nobody's really a hero in this movie not like, really not really i mean I, you can you can have i can have some sympathy for sam because um you know it's like the debt thing is is obviously a um a, a support thing right i have no sympathy for him because i don't know why he's divorced well fair enough like he's probably sleeping with another woman and got a divorce and that's why he is well yeah. he, he is down to fuck all the time in this yeah like that that first scene is he is he wants to go again he's he's got a stamina back he's ready to go yeah i mean really honestly there are no really good people in this movie like zero well, Lila, I, I'd say I mean, Lila. I don't think Lila's done anything wrong. Yeah, yeah she has. No, I don't know. What? <laughs> well, Lila's till they do her dirty in the sequel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's not a good person, right? She... Well, I mean, I guess in the end, I mean, well, she 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 apparently is also a sociopath because she doesn't react to her sister's death. That's true. Being confirmed. That's true. Right. So, you know, they're they're all bad. I'm joking around a little bit, but yeah, most of the people like the most likable character in the whole entire film is our oh, murderer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's yeah, that's on purpose for sure. And yeah, no, I know. And it's it's a hypnotic performance. You know what I mean? God, like when he's first on screen, it's like, damn it, man, Anthony Perkins was a handsome man. So yeah, he is. His personal life's a little sad though. Yeah, very. It very is. Sad. Um. He but disappeared no. from public, like the public, for many, many years because of some stuff, right? Like, well, he he was ultimately basically. It was kind of like a like a pray the gay away situation, yeah. yeah. Um, where he just refused to, you know, like he went, he swung in a super far direction to basically just ignore the fact that he had at least bisexual feelings if not if not homosexual so yeah it's it's um yeah it's, it's an unfortunate situation yeah. there but there, um, if you if you 
seen just for our listeners as well if you if you haven't seen the queer horror docu- documentary on shutter i recommend there's a very good segment about anthony perkins and there's specifically a segment within that segment with his son oswald perkins talking about his dad that is very good yeah um kind of the the final word in my opinion on on you know his dad and his legacy is really yeah. really really quite yeah. touching yep um no but uh and i'll also say you know it's like i don't know about his character but again i'm gonna give big thumbs up to simon oakland being in this <laughs> <laughs> when you spend when you spend 24 hours with one character on a show you like it when he shows up in other things <laughs> oh man but uh no i mean uh yeah no I, it's 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 incredibly intelligent that our that our sympathetic character is the bad guy because it, it it's okay to be skeeved out by that yeah because that's what a psychopath and a sociopath will do and it's it's what makes that final reveal so shocking too you know um like i would kill to have been in an audience and that final scene in the basement, right? Not the yeah. final, final scene, but who would you kill to be there? Name, I would, name I people. Would, I would kill Marion Crane first, <laughs> <laughs> then Inspector Arbogast. <laughs> well, what about funny. what about two randos that are just happened to stop in for the you know for a night? Over if the past they few needed years? killing, yeah. Um, but yeah. I like the fact that uh, you also <laughs> there's a, uh, there's a little bit of a misdirect also about like because at first it looks like he's going to send Marion to like cabin three or something like that yeah yeah and then she says she's from Los Angeles and then he changes uh, his mind he's like that's a murdering too uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you better believe that's a murdering <laughs> but no he uh but you don't realize that you don't realize until later that yeah he's doing this because he's attracted to her not right you know not that oh she's a los angeles person <laughs> fuck kill her they hate the rams I mean, he's he doesn't plan on killing her. He just wants to look at her. His yeah, mom. He wants, he wants to tells to peek and peek through her. the wall. Yep. Yeah. Super creepy. But he wasn't originally going to do that. I mean, you would think that he would like see any woman alone and just immediately put them in the peeping room. Right. Yep. But he changes his mind. He does. He has criteria, whatever they are. He has. Criteria. Well, yeah, and that's the other thing. It's like not only is he. Um, you know, n- not only is he sympathetic, but he's also very calculating and deliberate too. Um, it's only when he can't, it's only when he can't be his mother that he stumbles when, when basically being pressed and he does. And he apparently has no real intention on killing men, except for you know, Arbogast, I think is just to protect the, the secret, but, you know, he could have very easily have just killed Sam when he showed up, but he didn't. Trip. He yeah. just kind of stumbles around until it's necessary to to protect the secret. Right. Well, he's got to he's got to disassociate. Right. Yeah. yeah he's got to have that other voice come in and yeah. tell him to, to to handle it. Yep. Yep. 
and it's triggered when the secret's about to be revealed in a couple of instances. Yep. Yeah. I don't have much more to say about this movie, honestly. I really like the first two thirds. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it really mm-hmm. does kind of it, it come almost little... uninteresting. Yeah, it's a little yeah. generic for the for the finale, and then the final scene just feels like it had to be explained. I mean, yeah. in a way, it's you have to explain why he's this way. It's almost like you have to psychoanalyze why a guy was wearing a dress, which is eh, yeah. that's a little goofy. Yeah. But um, but what it still does is it makes you sympathize that much more with Norman. <laughs> the final right. shot is great. Right. Oh yeah! Oh, the final final with, moment with mother in his head and talking and yeah, that's that's good stuff. And how she's just she thinks that she's gonna just get get by on her on her charms, right? On yeah. Mother. <laughs> she she doesn't even realize that she does that she only exists inside of Norman, which is fascinating to me. Right. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't really exist at all. Right. <laughs> Do we no, need but, to bring Simon that, Oakland in here to explain this to you? Yes, yes, please. <laughs> Call it Cole Shack while you're at it. <laughs> <I'm> sure. <laughs> no, that is good. Like the the way you leave the movie is it's it's, it's kind of haunting. Yeah, yeah it's, like, you get a little shiver from it. Yeah, um, and it and it is as as much as it again you can't blame this movie for what other movies will do later but the the superimposing of her corpse over his face as mm-hmm. just as it switches to mm-hmm. pulling the car out of the swamp i need to i almost feel like i need to watch this again i will at some point in time but that scene at the end where he's hearing his mother and he's smiling mm-hmm. is just like the scene earlier with janet lee in the car oh yeah uh, like she's yeah. hearing voices and smiles, and yeah. then you have it at the very end. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I wonder how many more moments of the like disembodied voice, yeah, yeah, or just moments where her life mirrors his life, like because mm-hmm. it splits right in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. Almost, yeah. Yeah. um, ha, splits, yeah, it splits. It's just wild to me that you kill off your main character and then you spend the rest of the movie with the murderer, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and and when the movie drags, it's because the murder's not is not there. It's not it there. flips. It flips yeah. from him again, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. I still think this is one of the most important horror oh, films ever oh, made. Most um, most certainly it is. You're not the only I'm one that thinks that, Jeff. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> one of the true. most analyzed movies of all time as well, right. I would say. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and I figured, you know, there wasn't gonna be too too much more to you know, to put in other not than a lot our of own. juice left in this orange. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean at least, you know, we can kind of you know, whenever we do our Hitchcock month at some point. Nobody has to ask, well, why didn't you pick Psycho? You know. Right. Well, we've it's already, already done it can. now. It's already in the can. Yeah. It's already in the orange juice can. Yeah. It's already in the trunk at the bottom of the At the pond. swamp. Yeah. It's only halfway down. we got to wait to see. It's <laughs> a nervous wait, way. though. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, this is one of those movies that, I mean, when I was a little kid, it was on TV all the time. It was yeah. always around. Yeah. Um, it, you know, before long, it's going to get another run at the theaters. 
you know, with like a anniversary run or something, you know. Yep. That'll come up before too, probably by twenty twenty five. I mean, or so. it's, I mean, it. You know, it started a franchise for better or worse. There are three sequels. There was a TV um, sequel, prequel, prequel. Two. Yeah. The TV um, show. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. There was then there was the, yeah the, the recent TV show right there were two TV shows one was a sequel yeah. one was a prequel a remake right. a remake a shot for shot remake I wanted the joke coming into this episode that, that was the one I watched and not this one um, wait which I totally, one the the Vince Vaughn one so I oh. totally <laughs> fucked that up um, it wouldn't matter though you kind of seen the same movie right kinda it's a shot there's for a, shot there's remake a, just... there's a big difference between Janet Lee and Anne Hayes. oh I know I mean the story <laughs> is the same as all I meant but... I um yeah I, I did a little uh quick research on that um cause I figured it would come up a Gus Van Sant remake and um it really was from the start almost like a joke uh well he's coming off of of Google, Google hunting. hunting so it's like fuck it i'll just remake psycho <laughs> well well ever ever since he said ever since um private idaho my mm. my private idaho he would kind of be he would get pulled into these meetings in studios and he said that he was this director that no studio really wanted to work with but that the actors they wanted to work with wanted to work with him mm. like keanu reeves and river phoenix right and these people so so they would reluctantly work with him so that they could get to the actors that they wanted, right? So they were always trying to find like the project that would overlap perfectly with his sensibilities in in the studio sensibilities. Um, so every time he would go into pitch, he would always pitch. <laughs> it's like you, all you guys want to do are, are make sequels and franchise things. He's like, what if we did this? What if we made a really popular movie? and just did it exactly the same we didn't update it we just made the exact same movie and let's see what happens and maybe it'll be a hit again right <laughs> and they would just roll their eyes at him like whatever whatever we're not going to do that and he was like yeah I, I don't know why they would but but it's still funny so he would always pitch it so then when he won the academy award for uh Good Will hunting everyone wanted to work with him and when he was nominated, before that, before he, when he was even nominated, he said, what happens usually is when you get nominated, everybody tries to pitch you something and get you signed to your next picture so that at the award ceremony, they can nudge their, their buddy next to them and say, yeah, I just got him working on my, on my next <laughs> picture. I got his next picture, right? So <laughs> when his agent called and said, he said, Universal's interested and uh and working with you on your next picture what do you want to do and he thought about it and he's like psycho let's make psycho shot for shot you know no changes just just do psycho and he was like they're never going to go for this and he his agent comes back it's like they love it <laughs> <laughs> and it's <laughs> it really goes to show you how much studios like just don't fucking get it yeah cuz that is the that was a butt of the joke before it came out did it make I, money no no um i, I went i <laughs> i never watched it i went i did saw it. i saw it in the theater i did too yeah. and yeah. it was like i okay. made your money <laughs> it made, yeah it, it made it made my 525 or whatever uh 1998 <laughs> matinee on a friday afternoon cost but it uh yeah but i mean even sitting there i was like 
because you know it's like of course what do i do i watch the the original yeah the night before or whatever and so i go and i'm just like so <laughs> you know it's uh, yeah it's just it's yeah oh it's it's a it's I a mean, pointless and, and um, i like the cast and i know yeah. a lot of people ripped on vince vaughn being norman bates i didn't have any problem with that he he played him a little too squirrely yeah he was a little um, too squirrely he was he he was unshaven he wasn't clean cut he was he didn't look put together but yeah the casting i don't have any issue with the casting. well i mean you know you've got yeah, the casting was actually really good all around in this movie. Um, other than that, Anne Hesh, eh. that's an interesting choice for for Norman Bates because him being put together is part of his whole. Like the whole character right. almost revolves around. And his, Vince Vaughn has the never way you not. See him. Uh, yeah, and Vince Vaughn's never not had Five O'clock Shadow. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. See, I, I think the problem is Vince Vaughn would have worked better if he just played it more like Vince Vaughn. Right? Yeah, be like, charming. Be be, be charm be charming Vince Vaughn. Yeah. And and let let everything else, you know, the character's persona do the creepiness for you, right? Right. Um but anyway, I mean shit, it was shot by Christopher Doyle. It was um everything about this was set up to be, you know, a recreation of a fucking masterpiece. And yeah, and it, and it proved the theory wrong. <laughs> right. Would you? Would you still? Steph and I were talking about this earlier. Would you still call this film a masterpiece? Psycho. Yeah. I think. I think it's not a, Hitchcock's masterpiece. Again, I would say it's a masterpiece of the genre. Yeah, I would say it's it's influential. It's um. It's not yeah, my favorite of, of the it's, genre. It's not my favorite Hitchcock. But I mean. But no, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, it's a masterpiece. No, no, Um, but it, it sure, it's certainly, um, I think it's, if you want to call it a masterpiece, it's a masterpiece of where art meets commerce. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. See, you got it. See, good job there, Jason. What a final. Because the whole package. Yeah, as a piece of consumption, is masterful for sure. Universal is still making money on this movie yeah. today. Yeah. Um, now I, I, I wanted to say a couple of things here, just to put a fine, a, a final point on the whole Vince Vaughn thing. Um, if you want to see him in a good creepy movie, watch The Cell. Yeah, that's a creepy movie. Um, he's he's like he plays it kind of straight in that. Though. Yeah, he does. It's D'Onofrio who's creepy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the uh, the other thing I was going to say is like being, you know, seeing the house and the and the roadside motel, the Bates Motel and everything. It's like, I don't know if that thing's I don't know if all those things still exist. But imagine how freaking cool it would be just out in the middle of fucking nowhere in like Death Valley or something. Having that recreated and have like you know like little theme weekends where it's almost like a cruise where there's like there's things coordinated but it's all you know it's just it's just 12 cabins that would and be cool. yeah it would be cool that would it'd be cool be, it'd be a cool little experience to go that really would be you can still go to the sets and universal yeah so that 
Well, that house has been used for other things. Yeah, it has. So. And that house was based on a Edward Hopper painting. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Well, I, I think, think we, we did, did it. it. I got there first. <laughs> I think I did it first. <laughs> um, Chuck? Yes. What's, ha- what's happening next Wednesday? Well, next Wednesday is your birthday. Today's my mom's birthday. Oh my God, we did Psycho on my mom's birthday. <gasps> Mother That's would be good. so proud. That's pretty good. I did not do that on purpose. At all. Mother, is a, boy's, Psycho, Mother is a boy's best friend, you know? Yeah, yeah it is. It is true. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> next week is your birthday, Chuck, and you, you picked something from your youth. Yeah, you, I did. From your um, youth? <laughs> my, my youth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you can't tell by the two youths um my cousin Vinny, next week one of my uh boom yeah one of my childhood favorites for sure it was a very enjoyable watch i laughed like an idiot throughout this movie (laughs) yeah i did too I'm looking forward to hear all about that next week. Yes. So we will. Gonna, yeah, we will. That's going to be episode number 248. We're getting real close to that 250. Dang. I know, right? Um, so that is uh, next Wednesday. On Monday, um, I have Monster Mondays. Both of these shows can be found at filmseizure.com, the various places that we release our podcast. Yeah, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, you know, all those places. You know the the spiel probably. probably if they're listening to us, they know where we're at. We probably don't even need to tell them anymore. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> well, we just saved five minutes of every episode now. I don't know. I just thought of that, but okay. see now, Chuck. Now you're taking away minutes from every episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Jeff's dad. <laughs> um, but anyway, next Monday starts a whole month of Doctor Who Monster Mondays episodes with the second Doctor and his nice. uh, various clashes with the Cybermen. That was his primary villain during that era. And uh, we kick things off with the Moon Base. And uh, yeah, so filmseizure.com. Just go there. And you can listen to all those things. Um, this upcoming Friday on uh, my website, bmovieinema.com, uh, I kick off the third full moon feature, uh, full moon fever, rather, for full moon features. And uh, it's a whole month of movies that feature the lovely Jacqueline Lavelle. So um, that uh, we kick things off with Head of the Family, which is probably technically the best of those movies by a long shot <laughs> by a long shot um so that's going to be at movieanima.com. yeah it's a fun one though too so do those things and next week we will uh get into a little bit of trouble down in old bama yeah and, uh, call uh, my cousin Vinny. <laughs> anyway so uh until then um i'm jeff arbuckle I'm Chuck Moore. I'm Jason Oliver, and you have been listening to Film Seizure.